0: Hi there, this is Alana Terry. You have joined me for another episode of the Successful Writer Podcast. Welcome. I really hope that things are going well for you this week. I know there's a lot going on in the world, in people's personal lives. I just hope and pray that you are safe right now and feeling secure and well provided for and well taken care of. Today's episode It's going to be a little bit more of a laid back, a little bit more of reflections. I'm sort of looking at today's episode as sort of the sequel to episode 74. So episode 74 was called Pandemic Lessons for Authors and Life and just sort of talked about some of the revelations that I've had, some of the struggles I've had that I think a lot of authors are going through. I think that's the one really wonderful thing about something like 2020, which is hitting all of us on a very global scale. I think that lends itself to a feeling of connectedness as opposed to when you're going through just a personal tragedy and you feel so alone and that nobody else has gone through something like you're going through. A nice thing about 2020, or I should say one of the nice things about 2020 is it's sort of a collective tragedy, a collective trauma, if that's not too strong of a word, that almost everybody alive right now is going through. And so today's episode is really just meant to be a place for you to think through some of the things that 2020 has brought your way, how you're handling that. And hopefully coming up with some ways to hang on to hope in a year that's been really hard for people, even people who tend to be very, very optimistic. It can be hard to hold on to hope in the face of everything we're going through. So that's what today's episode is about. So let's start with a few personal updates. Some of you know our family moved over the summer, so we're now about four months into our new home. We've had our first snow out here in Alaska already this week. In general, there have been a lot of great things that have come from this move. We all really, really enjoy just the slower Pace in Life, which is something that got brought up quite a bit in episode 74, which is kind of where I explained the evolution of how the pandemic kind of and the lockdown was a sort of direct precursor to our family making the deliberate decision to move to a more rural community. And in general, we have very much found the slower pace to be something we all greatly, greatly appreciate. I'm feeling well um, settled in to my office. I don't know if you're the same way, but the space where I write is very, very important to me. And writing in a new space is pretty hard. So it takes me a couple weeks to kind of break in a new writing space. And I know a lot of us this year have had our writing routines and maybe even our writing place disrupted so maybe you don't have an office of your own but like you know from the time you were used to dropping the kids off at school till when they came home that was your writing space and now if your kids are doing distance learning from home That's totally different. Or maybe your spouse or partner or roommate is home from work, working from home. And so there's more noise and they're on calls all the time. There are a lot of things this year that have disrupted a lot of people's writing space. And so that's something I want you to really think through. Or maybe you were used to going to a coffee shop or something like that to get your words in. And you can no longer do that right now, maybe because of still lockdown restrictions, maybe because like me, your favorite coffee shop closed within the first month of COVID. So that's something to just kind of keep in mind, just the importance of your writing space. And yeah, we're all trying to make do right now. But having that space carved out is important. So maybe it's Like if there's one itty-bitty thing you can do to make your space feel more like your space or to make your space lend itself toward more creativity, maybe all that means, and here's the Alaska in me talking, maybe all that means is you set the thermostat for two degrees higher than you normally would and you say, you know what, that extra heating bill is going to be worth it for me to feel cozy and comfortable. Maybe it means you kind of rework your schedule around what the other people in your home are doing so that you have a quiet time carved out. Maybe that means you stay up a little later things like that. So that's one question that I would encourage you as we're thinking about just ways to continue thriving through 2020 is what can you do to make your writing space an even more ideal writing space? And again, that doesn't mean you need your own office. That doesn't mean you need eight hours of uninterrupted time. Given what you've got to work with, what can you do to optimize your writing space a little better? Even if by space, we're talking more like the schedule, right? It doesn't have to be the physical location. It could also be the time that you carve out for writing. Another struggle a lot of writers are having this year is just what to write, what to do. How are we going to find words? I know one big question mark that's been hanging over my head is, well, should I write the pandemic into my novels going forward? Or is that going to potentially date these books, right? If everybody's over the pandemic by this time next year, do I want books that are pandemic heavy? Or, you know, here's the other thing. Maybe, you know, this year is the kind of society changing year. And so if I don't reflect that on my books, is that going to date my books? That's a big question. Um, another question kind of along those lines, do your readers want it acknowledged or not? Certain genres, especially the ones that people read more for escapism, they probably don't want any mention of it. So that's another question a lot of us are wrestling with is, what do we write going forward? And if you're like me, where ideas for your fiction have never, ever, ever been a problem, like you've always had ideas of what to write, and now you're feeling kind of like, wow, I don't know what to write. That can be sort of a scary adjustment, period. So... What a lot of us are having to ask right now, are you going to just lean into the work? Are you going to see your words as a way of escaping the day-to-day stress? Are you going to see getting more books out as your way of kind of sticking it to 2020 and saying, ha ha, you tried to get me down, but here I am writing books and being as productive as ever? Or are you going to take all of the stress and chaos that's going on and make that an invitation to slow down and be deliberate about your choice to slow down. And either are totally valid options. I think the one thing that I would encourage for you is to whichever you decide, if you're going to lean totally into working really, really hard, or if you're going to lean into slowing down and taking that creative rest and doing what you need to do, maybe for your family, maybe for your mental health. And that includes slowing down your writing production. What I would encourage you to do is to absolutely and 100% own your decision to do that. So here's what I mean. I wouldn't want you to feel like you're a victim of everything that 2020 has thrown at you. And to say, I can't write because my kids are home all day. The house is chaotic. I'm so stressed about the future. I just can't write. A better way would be to say, you know what? This year was a major curveball, which made me decide to pivot my priorities, and I am deliberately choosing to slow down my production schedule so that I can focus on my family, my mental health, my creativity, you know, whatever it is that you want to insert there. Um, The end result is similar in that you've slowed down your writing, but the way that you even just talk about your reasoning behind that, one has you the victim of strengths and chaos that's out of your control. And the other has you in the driver's seat deliberately making a decision to slow down. So whichever you're doing, if you're leaning into work, I commend you and I want you to keep on being just super productive. And I hope that when you dive into your work, that that feels like a safe place, this magical bubble where everything that's going on in 2020 cannot penetrate, right? That's what I want to picture for you. I want to picture you at your computer with this like anti-2020 bubble that is surrounding you and that all of the current events and all the fear and all the worry, it can't even touch you so that when you go to write, that you truly are in this magical place that is 100% separate, from what we're going through right now. And if that's not where you're at, then I hope that you can own like a total boss that you have decided to slow down, take it a little easier, and that you are in agreement that that is the best decision for you and your writing right now. When readers ask me if I have any new books coming out soon, I've been telling them I'm taking 2020 as a sabbatical, which actually is, if you go by the exact like biblical definition, it's one year out of every seven, and this is seven years since I first published. I'm happy that I have the option to be doing that, and I'm happy to frame that in a way where I'm in the driver's seat, and 2020 is not in the driver's seat. And one more thing I really, really want to encourage you to do If you're having a hard time with just 2020 and everything going on, I encourage you to look for one thing that you can look forward to, even if it's like five years in the future. You know, maybe it's Christmas time, right? It doesn't have to be far, far away, but I encourage you to think of one thing that you can look forward to, whether that's in your writing or in your personal life or whatever it is. Because I think especially in times like these, having something to look forward to, having something to hope in is really, really important. So maybe you're looking forward to finishing up a series. Maybe you're looking forward to starting a new project or a new pen name. Anything that has you able to look at the future and feel happy and excited right now is great. And if right now things are so uncertain that that just feels too hard to do, try looking even further out into the future. Maybe you're going to decide that in five years from now, you're going to take the most epic vacation (laughs) to end all vacation stories. And that's something that you can do a little bit of dreaming, a little bit of planning, a little bit of hoping for just so that when things do get hard, you at least have something to look forward to coming up in the future. So next up, let's talk about what is going on right now with book sales, book marketing, just kind of a pulse on the publishing industry. One big piece of news that any author who is selling books wide outside of Amazon is hopefully aware of by now is that Nook and Barnes and Noble were cyber attacked about a week ago and things are kind of in chaos over there right now so nook or i um, sorry barnes and noble the the brick and mortar stores some of their cash registers aren't working on the nook site a lot of people are unable to access ebooks that they had purchased previously So this is something to be aware of. Um, This impacts people who in the last week or two were trying to hit the USA Today list because to do so, you need a certain number of sales outside of Amazon. And many people rely on Nook for those sales. And those sales numbers have not been being reported. So Nook's gone through a crazy time right now. If you're spending a lot of money advertising with Facebook ads or with BookBub ads to Nook users, it's probably going to be worthwhile to put those on pause right now until they get those sorted. And then if the Nook fiasco isn't enough for you right now, so we are recording this the day it releases on October 19th. And for the past maybe not quite a week, maybe four or five days, Facebook ads have not been permitting you to use Amazon links or links that redirect to Amazon sales pages. Best guess is this is just a temporary glitch that they're going to work on. It may have something to do with Facebook kind of cracking down on ads right before the election. It also may have something to do with Amazon making the conscious decision that they don't want us advertising on Facebook. All of this is conjecture. We don't know why it is right now. And so best thing to do is, again, not freak out. If you're starting a new Facebook ad campaign and you put in your Amazon link to send people to your sales page on Amazon, you're going to get an error. And that's also gonna be the case if you're using a redirect link, like reader links or something. Here are the things that you can still do with Facebook ads. You still can run ads that you have created in the past. So if you've created successful ad campaigns, sending people to Amazon in the past, you can turn those ads back on or rerun those ads, and that should work for you. Some people are choosing to send people to a separate landing page. So, this might be a books read.com page or a page on their website that has links to all the books. Nothing's going to be as effective as sending people directly to Amazon, but if you hate the thought of just waiting it out that is an option as well you can create a separate landing page on your website or use the books to read universal book links which will allow your readers to get sense to the store of their choice so those are some of the workarounds and then another thing to keep in mind is that if you're putting amazon links into the text of your ad those links will still work. The only time that they are not working is when you're running a traffic campaign, sending people directly to Amazon. So there are a couple other workarounds. This is going to involve language. that if you haven't run Facebook ads, you don't need to worry about right now. But if you're familiar with Facebook ads, some of the workarounds could involve things like creating an engagement campaign where you just include the links to the Amazon page in the text of your ad. It's gonna mean that your your link and your ad will not be clickable. Like if somebody clicks on your picture, they're not going to get taken to any special link or anything, but it is a workaround. I think what I'm planning on doing with this, I'm gonna wait it out a little bit longer. I'm going to run some ads that I already had running And then if this persists for weeks, then at that point, I might decide to do something like put a post on my page that has links to the store in the text itself, and maybe consider running that as a campaign to certain audiences. So right now, uh, hopefully this is something that's going to get resolved pretty quickly, and if not, at least it's good to know that we have a couple options in mind up to and including sending people to a landing page or something where they can click on the Amazon link from there. All right. And lastly, let's talk about what is going on with BookBub because they have made some pretty major changes to their ad platform as well. So something to keep in mind with BookBub, we already mentioned it because of what's going on with Nook. If you're running a lot of ads to Nook specific readers, might want to consider pausing those until we kind of figure out everything that's going on there. And a lot of people, since Facebook ads are not playing nicely now with Amazon links, BookBub ads are a really nice kind of um, secondary advertising method to get traffic to Amazon. So huge thanks to David Gogren. He has released a video just today explaining some of the new changes to BookBub ads. He's also written an entire book on BookBub ads, if you were interested in that. And so what has happened is a change in BookBub's frequency cap. So it used to be when you set up an ad, any ad campaign you set up, it would only show to the same reader four times, and then that reader would never see your ad again, What they've done now is they've rolled it out so that a reader might see your ad for sure more than four times. They're just not going to see it like, you know, multiple times in a row. They're spacing it out so that over the course of a couple days, a reader might only see your ad every three days. So this is going to make it nicer for people who are using BookBub ads as a more evergreen model. It's going to be harder for people who wants to run a lot of bookbub ads for like a short-term sale, right? So if you're trying to get thousands of sales in just a week to hit a bestseller list or to have a great launch or something like that, this kind of cap is actually going to hurt you a little bit because the same reader won't see your ad more frequently than once about every three days. The nice thing is this is going to favor people who want to use BookBub ads as kind of a more evergreen model where your ads just sort of show and run in the background. So that's an important change coming to BookBub ads. Something to keep in mind, so the three major marketing platforms for authors, you've got Amazon ads, Facebook ads, and BookBub ads. BookBub is by far the most author-friendly, right? So we've seen Facebook, you know, and Amazon not playing nicely, and they really don't care about us as indie authors. Bookbub is always going to be very author centric, author focused. So if you're nervous about some of the changes you're hearing about with Amazon ads or with Facebook ads, I really encourage you to check out Bookbub. I do have courses on all of these ad platforms, the Amazon ads course is actually brand, brand new. I just finished the last videos about a week ago, but you can find information on all of the courses I have at courses.alanatary.com. And if you wanted a bundle, this is going to get you the Amazon ads course, the Facebook ads course, and the BookBub ads course at a discount. And you can get to that at courses.elanateria.com library for the author ads library, which is going to give you an introduction to all of those three advertising platforms. So all of that leads us to this last section, which is what should you be doing right now? I think everything going on is a decent reminder of why International sales outside of the U.S. and wide sales outside of Amazon can be a really, really important way to add several layers of security to your author business. There's an inherent danger that comes from relying just on one store, one ad platform, or one country for your sales. So for example, if all of your sales come from the Amazon US Kindle store and the only way that you get more sales is to run Facebook ads to your Amazon sales page and right now you're kind of in trouble because not only are Facebook ads not allowing you to send traffic to Amazon for new ads but also buyer behavior right now in the US is a little bit very bit unpredictable. And it'll probably stay that way, you know, through the election uh, with people just wanting to kind of see what's going to happen. Buyer behavior is going to be very atypical right now. And so a better place to be is an author who has 20% of their sales outside of the U.S., with an equal split of advertising between Amazon ads, Facebook ads, and BookBub ads, and maybe 30% of their book sales coming from wide stores. Because when, again, you're relying on just one store, one retailer, one marketing platform, and something happens so that that store or retailer or platform no longer works for you, then it can be really, really hard to make up for those lost sales. Whereas if you're kind of consistently growing your sales outside of the U.S., you're consistently growing your sales outside of Amazon, then if something crazy happens, then you've got other sales to depend on. This is also why I'm a big fan of having books in multiple formats as well. So for example, maybe Nook readers can't read your eBooks anymore, but they still might buy your paperbacks from their local Barnes and Noble, assuming that, you know, that's one of the Barnes and Nobles that's still up and running. Maybe eBook sales are going to kind of drop overall, but paperback sales are going to keep on doing well. So again, this is kind of a good case study of why a lot of authors will choose to branch out to have more than one marketing platform so that if Facebook ads stop working for a month, you can jump into your BookBub ads, or if Amazon ads no longer run the way they used to, you've got Facebook ads to rely on. Just having kind of these backup systems in place can be really, really important. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway for you from the marketing side of things. And as a reminder, Amazon ads have been rolling out lots of international dashboards. So there's probably a good eight or so of the Amazon stores outside of the U.S. that now will allow you to run Amazon ads. I don't think you need to spend dozens of hours doing so, but maybe setting up a couple quick campaigns in some of the other countries, is going to be a good way to kind of grow your sales outside of the US. Bookbub ads are a great place to get sales in some of the wide stores. So if you're looking to branch out and not rely exclusively on Amazon for all of your sales, using Bookbub ads is a great way to find readers in some of the non Amazon stores, another great thing to focus on right now is your newsletter list, right? So maybe you can't get the word out about your sale on Facebook because you can't create new Facebook ads with Amazon links, but you can email your newsletter and maybe set up a giveaway or something like that to ask them to share. There are more organic type of ways to get the word out of your book with Facebook being kind of funny right now and things like that. And then in terms of just more personal day-to-day life and less on the book marketing side of things, I really just encourage you to find ways to keep yourself motivated, find something that you can do to make you laugh every so often, even if it's something just as silly as looking at funny animal videos on YouTube, just something to get you laughing, to feeling positive, to give you a tiny bit of escape from all the stress that is going on. Maybe that means diving into a great new series, not one that you're writing, but one that you're reading or binging on Netflix or something. Uh, Finding something like we talked about before in the future to look forward to is also really, really, really important. So that kind of wraps up today's episode. Again, if you wanted to grab the ads library, that's where I have the three courses on all the three major ads dashboards. That's at courses.alanatary.com library. You can also just check out the courses that are there at courses.alanatary.com and grab something. Right now, especially if you're having a harder time focusing on the writing, it could be a great time to pivot and spend some time focusing on your marketing. You're still being productive and laying the groundwork and the words are going to come back. The creativity is going to come back. So if you're not actively writing or feeling actively inspired right now, again, I just encourage you to be gentle with yourself, be gentle with your muse, and know that we're never going to run out of words. Sometimes we just slow down our production. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for being such an encouraging and motivating and inspiring audience. And we will talk to you real soon. This is Alana, and you have been listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. I hope today's episode was encouraging and informative for you to help you level up in your author career. If you want more ongoing support for your marketing, your productivity, and your mindset, please join me and New York Times bestselling author and my teaching bestie, Melissa Storm, in our Patreon writing cave. We've got daily videos, we've got live group chats and sprints and everything you need to increase both your marketing and your productivity for your books. You can find out more and join us starting at the $10 a month level at patreon.com slash writing cave. Thanks again for listening. Have a fabulous day.